I'd say my main takeaways are to do it, you know, running and racing, I think is always like I, I'm competitive. I've always wanted to win, whether it was boxing or, or whatever sport I did, you know, now running. But I think at the end of the day, I know that it's going to be about the memories I make over the, the, the medals I earn, you know. Running 100 miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100, the podcast made to help you finish your first 100-mile race. My name is Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. And before we get into the nitty-gritty of this podcast and introduce our guest, I wanted to invite you guys to check out our website, trailto100.com, where we spotlight each athlete on there, have more information about them. We have a online swag store with some shirts and some stickers, and soon-to-be-coming Trail to 100 Buffs made by Switchback, the best buff company out there for running buffs. So go check them out, and we'll have those coming shortly on our swag website. I wanted to just say thanks for everyone's support before we get into today's episode. It's been amazing to see how many of you have tuned into the podcast, and honestly, we feel humbled that so many of you have chosen to listen to us. We appreciate each one of you. So thank you for choosing to spend some time with us today. And today, we had JJ Goodrich on the podcast. So JJ just finished his first 100-mile uh, race, the Cowboy 100 out in Nebraska, ran around a lot of farmland out there, and he did awesome. He really did great, a great job, finished it with a great time, and uh, JJ's just a solid runner, guys, who has a lot of good knowledge about running and, and specifically running ultras. In fact, when JJ first started to run ultras, the first ultra marathon he ever attempted, he DNF'd. That's right. <laughs> he DNF'd his first ultra, but then the next year, he came back determined to not only finish it but win it. And he did. A lot of people say that he actually did it. He won the ultra the following year and he set the course record. And so JJ dives into his story about how he was able to do it and just everything that has helped him through his ultra running journey to win a few races, as well as grind through the hard ones as well when things don't go your way. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Thank you again for tuning in. So let's get to it. JJ, we are really excited to bring you on the podcast and talk to you about your ultra running journey and especially your first 100-mile finish. So congrats on that, and thanks for coming on the pod. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. We've had a few conversations back and forth through Instagram, and I follow you and, and seen all the cool stuff you do. Let's just start off. Where did your ultra running journey begin and, and what threw that desire in it actually started in 2018 and it was the peak 50k 
which is a local 50K up Cuyamaca Mountain, which is the second highest peak in San Diego at 6,500 feet. And it's during the summer, so it's hot. And I guess a little bit of a personal thing, but my dad had passed away the year prior. And it kind of just made me think, you know, like I, I wanted to do something with my life as far as, you know, beyond work and things like that. And I kind of just picked running to go with. I'd been naturally kind of good at running in the past. And so I picked running and I wanted that next challenge. And so I picked the peak 50K and just kind of stuck with that and started kind of trying to get ready for that. Although I'd never done past, I think, 14 or 16 miles or something, you know, before signing up. Was that in your mind to like honor your father with this run a little bit then or... Or is just like, you know, after your father's passing away, you just you just reali- realized you wanted to do more? I think it was a little bit of both to honor my, my father, but also it was kind of like a wake-up call. I think I'd put so much emphasis on working. I, I worked, you know, I was always a hard worker, but I just felt like I worked a little bit too much. And my dad passed at 55 unexpectedly, kind of. So I think it kind of made me want to do just... Just, just kind of do something a little bit beyond the the nine to five and the kind of regular flow of just doing chores and things like that. I kind of, I kind of wanted to push myself and have a challenge that that I could do to kind of put my energy into. I, I could totally relate to that. That that is, I mean, I luckily have both my parents. I can't relate to that, but just to to find more outside of just the work and the normal life, like. That's honestly what brought us into ultra running as well. So that that's that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. So then how did that first 50k go? It actually did not go too well for the, for the most part. I DNF'd. So I got my D, DNF out of the way the first race I ever did. <laughs> I made it 22 no, miles. Not, okay, what happened? I went out pretty hot with the with like the fifth and sixth place overall guys and I got to eat I made it about 18 miles before I I fell apart and uh and then I ended up throwing up a lot and it made it 22 miles and I knew I was like I'm not gonna finish this race you know I gotta I gotta turn back oh Oh, man I feel like that that's pretty typical to go out too hard on your first ultra (laughs) (laughs) it's so easy to do yeah yeah yeah. what did that do to you DNF in your first ultra like did that light a fire in you or or what or was it discouraging uh, yeah how did that feel I was definitely bummed, but at the same time, I was like, you know what, I, I I hung with the top dogs for that long. You know, I ended up getting a running coach after that, an online running coach, and, you know, made made a big difference, but it kind of just was inspiring in a sense. It was inspiring to DNF. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really was because I looked at all the positives. I kind of took away from it. I made it that far on, you know, mainly hiking training for that year, and I didn't really have any set okay. training. So I was like, I made it that far with the top okay. guys. I was like, I know I could, if I trained, I could, I could do this. I just, it was like a gut feeling. Yeah. What so awesome even though, attitude. I, I love yeah. that, that you looked at it positively instead of being like, oh man, like I, I DNF'd. You were like, that was awesome that I was able to stick with the top guys for that long. Like that really is awesome. It was so much fun. And what helped was my mom was there and, you know, my my brother and uh, everyone was there. So it was kind of, it was just like a fun event, fun day. I I think that's like what Melody said. Like 
how you found the positives even in your DNF to to keep working harder. How you even though it didn't turn out how you wanted, you realized you had more in you than you even realized. That that that's so cool. And it was um, still a so good what, experience. I think yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What did you do then like after that? Was it like revenge on the race? I got to come back and and now finish this race. And then how if that if that was the answer, what did you start to change then in your training and everything? Yeah, I definitely wanted a uh, revenge on the race in a sense. I wanted I I signed up as soon as I could for the next year, which was uh January 1st and the race is mid-July. So I got a coach in December of 2018 and started training with a coach ever since then. Different coaches through the years, but a coach nonetheless. And started training for different races and then, you know, ended up having a big time breakthrough race at the next year, Peak 50K in 2019. I got first place overall and I got the course record that still stands today, which I'm really proud of. Holy moly, that is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, like when you you sent that to us over through the email and that that I feel like that is a story in itself. You DNF your first ultra and then the next year you come back and you set the course record on that same that same race. I mean, I think That's that what is I'm amazing. About. It, so besides what about the coach like I'm, I'm sure as you said, your coach really helped you. But like, what are the things that like the coach helped you change? If you had to pick a couple things out that you felt really led to such a drastic change from one year to the next, I feel like it was having like somebody else outside of myself pick the workouts and the and the specific things that I do because I, I don't mind working hard. I love working hard, but sometimes after I'd work hard at a at work or something, you know, I didn't want to have to take on the mental aspect of trying to figure out, you know, a training schedule for me, like in an unbiased way. So I thought it kind of took the, it made it a little bit, you know, it also made it a little bit exciting for me because then I'd be like, oh man, like, well, I wonder what next week's workouts are going to look like, you know, and they're, they're oftentimes different than anything I could think of or, or what I'd probably end up doing. I feel like I'd probably end up doing a lot of long runs, but not a lot of top end speed work. So the coach kind of helps keep me honest in that way too. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so really, a coach just took off that mental load. So you just had to look at the workout and and train, and she did all the thinking, or she or he did all the thinking for you. Absolutely. Yeah, my first that coach was Ali Kiefer. She took fifth overall in the New York City Marathon. So she's a really like a fast marathon oh. road runner. So that's yeah, the trick see, is to find a a fast marathon coach. To help you get your speed up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. But I think you make a really good point there. You talked about like you would have been doing just a bunch of long runs, probably overdoing it on long runs and not enough high end speed workouts. And because that's actually that's been a mistake that I have made. And I've been recently working on changing that to where, yeah, I think I've I've overdone the long run thing. So you get and comfortable. You kind of yes. get comfortable doing the same things. And it's I, fun to go to new mountains or new trails. Yeah. But I feel like everyone needs someone to push them out of their comfort zone. Because yeah. we're, we're most likely not going to do that on our own. Yeah. Because I, I know, Melody, you've been coaching me recently and... She's been throwing in those speed workouts. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
it's it's been fun. It's been fun <laughs> to implement more speed. My mileage has gone down some, but I'm noticing a speed increase, so it's been fun. Anyways, so JJ, you set the course record for that run, and then you what what makes you the where do you go from there? And how do you get decide I'm going to run 100 miles? Because there's a big difference between 31 miles and 100 miles. <laughs> I race a good amount, I'd say. Like this this year, I rate my season was between April and September, and I raced eight times of different lengths. That's um, awesome. But I think after that, I did a race actually a month and a half later, a four mile road race, and set a PR there. So I'm always training for different events. So I think the training just keeps on rolling until I'm in off season. And then I kind of just rest up until I'm uh, ready to get back to it. But there was a 50, I, cool. I went from 50 K's and then I jumped up to a uh, want to do in the 50 mile. And I did my first 50 mile in 2021. 20, was there much of a difference your first time after experience the 50 K to the 50 miler? Did you feel like with what was the difference there in the course and and how it, the toll it took on your body? Well, I think what I learned from the first 50k and most of the 50k's especially, but especially the one I DNF'd was just to be patient. So I kind of had the advantage of knowing to be patient in the 50 miles. So I, I I just stayed back for probably you know 30 miles or so, then kind of closed in it and picked off people as I as I went along. Ended up getting second place overall in my first 50 mile. <laughs> <laughs> so you were literally born to run. This is your gift. <laughs> I do. I do feel yeah, like that. I was uh, born to run. <laughs> That's Man, so cool. I feel, feel like we're talking to Zach Bitter again when he talked about how he won his first 50 mile race and won a golden ticket to Western yeah, States Yeah, you're the 100. next Zach Bitter, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, I hope so. So... I like what you said there. You, you hung back for the first 30 miles, and then you kicked it into gear. Where did you get that idea from? I, I kind of felt like after the first 50 mile, I kind of knew it about myself even because I used to do boxing. And I was always a slow starter with boxing. I'd kind of get beat up the first round and then take over the second round a little bit and really come on the last round. So I kind of always knew my fit. I was a slow starter with things. So I think that kind of help. That's kind of also why I'm drawn to the the long distance races is because it kind of pays to be patient in the beginning and slow starting. I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I can relate. Jacob and I have been watching a lot of MMA, and I'm like, oh yeah, like we've been analyzing like the different techniques and stuff. And you know, some people just have the endurance. Some people go all out at the very beginning. So. So that's cool that you just kind of knew that's how you work. Love MMA. So after your 50. Yeah. Oh, it's the best, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, good. <laughs> we like to binge Ultimate Fighter. Melody did karate, you know, uh, growing up. And so sh she'll always talk about some of their techniques. But I'm just like, I'm just looking for a good fight. <laughs> <laughs> did you know after that 50 that the 100 was around the corner on the horizon? Well, after the first 50, I actually wanted redemption in a sense on that same 50 because I wanted first place very badly in the course record. So I came back the next year and actually got first place in that 50 mile the next year. I was 11 minutes off the course record, but I was, I was, happy, I was happy with that performance. I shaved off 50 minutes of my, of my time from the Ooh, last year. That's impressive, man. If you don't mind, mind me asking, what was your finish time? 
seven hours, 50 minutes. And that had, it had like almost 6,000 feet of climbing. Wow. So your superpower is the redemption runs. <laughs> yes. You need the revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you get the redemption, you get first place on the 50. And then is that when you knew you wanted to do 100? I'd say the 100 was definitely on my mind because I, I am sponsored by Ultraverse Supplements who put on races out in Kansas and uh, Nebraska and also Colorado and Missouri now, so the Midwest. And I've done a few of their races before, like the Hell Creek 20-mile in Kansas. Uh, so when I saw the Cowboy 100-miler in Nebraska, I just kind of knew right away. I was the first person to sign up for that race, actually, because I was so excited. So tell us about the Cowboy 100. The Cowboy 100. What, what, what is that race like? It's a point-to-point, so it's a 100 miles point-to-point, very flat in the heartland of Nebraska there, Atkinson to Valentine, Nebraska. And it's just, you know, farmland, cattle, corn, and it's on an old rails-to-trail, so it's like little tiny pea, pea gravel, little crushed gravel the whole way. So I thought it was really cool. I liked being out there. I did have one tune-up race the yeah. month before, about six weeks before the Kauai 50-mile and that was my third 50 mile, and it was horrible. My worst race ever, but I still got the finish for that. That was that was rough, but leading that, lead, leading into the cowboy, uh, at least it was kind of a good like time on feet exercise. I love hearing about worst races ever. <laughs> yeah, because um, you learned so much from those races. Yeah, yeah. So what what happened in the in the it was the Kauai 50, correct? Yeah, it was the Kauai 50 miler, and it was just. I kind of feel like my body and mind felt really burnt out going into that. So my legs felt tired at like mile 12 and I was just, it was really, really hot and humid and exposed. So I was already, you know, just sweating so much and I ended up puking a lot and just kind of felt like I never got going, but I was able to kind of like, I wanted to quit two different times, but I was able to power through that and beat the cutoff by like, I think 40 minutes still, but I was I was worried about beating the cutoff, you know, past once it got to like mile 28 and beyond. Yeah. So that was a little yeah. bit confident wow. shaking How- for the cowboy race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, JJ, I have never had the experience of, of winning a race, but I have had the experience <laughs> of trying You won some 5Ks, to- babe. I, I I won the, the Roy City 5K once. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But I've never, I mean, I've had lots of experiences of trying to be a cutoff, <laughs> um, especially in ultras. So what was that like for you after, you know, you've, you've run, you've won some races, you have a course record on another race, and here you are now struggling to even finish the Kauai 50 and you've already finished two other 50 milers because I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot of elite athletes or I would call them elite athletes. If a race goes south for them like that, like what it sounds like for you to where they're all the way back to, you know, pushing cutoffs, they'll just pull from the race because they were, they, they entered to try to win it, to be competitive. And I'm sure you were hoping to be competitive as well. So what kept you in it and, and to where you didn't give in to that, you know, that voice is like, you know, I've already run 50 miles twice. Today's just not my day. I'm going to pull, you know, instead, what kept you going to still get that finish? Well, I definitely wanted to be competitive because there was a, there was like a $15,000 prize for the first place, male and female. 
and I the the oh, prize man. money went five, five people deep on each side, and I knew where my fitness was at. I was you know be able to maybe compete for that fifth place podium spot. But after the first loop, I knew things were it was going to be a long day and it was going to be a hard day. So I kind of had to just shift my mindset and, and uh, expectations at that point to be like, okay, like let's just get that finish. Because part of my motivation is I'm doing 50 races in 50 states. So I thought, well, if I don't finish here, I'm going to have to come back all the way to Hawaii just to do another race to get this oh. state done because it won't count then. <laughs> so that was like a little bit of my motivation. Yeah. And I wanted yeah. to get the finish because I, I knew I'd, I'd be so proud of that, that medal and that finish versus a DNF. I knew I could do it. I actually was sitting down at mile 44 and a half. And, uh, you know, I had to take my longest break there and cool down and get something to eat. And there was a girl next to me that DNF'd and the guy, the volunteer's like, oh, you know, did you, when did you guys, you know, when did you guys call it? And I'm like, wait, he's, I'm like, wait a second, I'm not DNFing. I'm like, I got to get my butt out of here and get going. And uh, that was kind of a wake <laughs> yeah. up call and got it done. Yeah. I feel like you really exercised your mental toughness in that race. Do you feel like that helped you in your 100-mile race? Oh, absolutely. And that's another thing I thought, too. I tried to pull positives. I'm like, well, this is a PR for me as far as time on feet. I'd never been on my feet. That was like a 12-hour and 24-minute, uh, I think, finish, which mm -hmm. is still really good. But I was like, that's yeah. a time on feet PR. And also, I thought, you know, I'm going to have to practice. I practiced as much, you know, I pretty much walked from mile 28 on, I couldn't run because I was cramping very badly too. So I was like, that was the most I've ever walked at once. You know, I'll have to practice that speed walking for the hundred. Looking back, it was still a good a good training run for the hundred, and I got a lot out of it. And I, I, I took a lot fantastic. from it as far as I knew I wanted to run-walk after that, run-walk ratio, and practice that for the hundred. And I knew I wanted to start out with the mindset of not competing at the Cowboy 100, but more so of just getting that finish and respecting that distance because it was very different. So far, I feel like the big takeaway from from all of this is have a positive mindset, like pull the positives out of every situation because you can you can learn from every single run. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I remember you putting up your post about your experience at the Kauai 50 and, 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 and I had followed you and saw that you had won a couple races before that. And I'm not going to lie. My respect for you went up when I saw that here, you, you chased cutoffs and you didn't just call it. Cause I knew you're a fast runner. I knew you were there to try to compete and, and it went out the window, but you kept moving forward and you still went out there and, and got that finish. And I was uh, like, that is, yeah, that's a cool guy, right? That's there. a big deal. <laughs> Jacob and I always kind of, we have a hard time with, like he mentioned before, with the elites who are like, oh, I'm not going to win. So I'm just done. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, that's awesome that uh, you just kept I going. I love that attitude. I love it. So take us through your, your first hundred miler, the, the Cowboy 100 out in Nebraska. What it, w Did you have any nerves before that? You'd only run half that distance before. Like, how are you feeling leading up to it? Well, it was funny because uh, after the 50 mile, my mom's like, are you sure you want to do the hundred mile, JJ? I don't, you know, I'm nervous <laughs> for you, this and that. And my mom's always nervous because she's a mom and she loves me, but you know, we're, we're real close, but I was like, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, I felt oddly uh, calm for this hundred mile. I've never felt so calm for any race before. And I've raced a lot now in different, different types of races, but I just felt calm. I, the week before, 
you know, I worked one day, but, you know, and I just, after the 50 mile, basically all I did was rested and made sure I was running consistently and practicing my, my run walk ratio. I didn't really do much speed work or anything because I didn't have enough time. But yeah, I just felt calm and we, we got, we got there, I flew in, everything went good. I had two days before to kind of chill and the morning got there, got my tracking bib and we're all lining up to start. And it was like a dream because I just felt so relaxed. And I was like, either that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it ended up being a good thing. <laughs> the race started and I told myself I'd walk the whole first three miles because the first three miles is an out and back before you start on the actual point to point. You have to go out a mile and a half and come back a mile and a half. And I start walking. Okay. I ended up walking the whole first mile and a half and I was like dead last with this one guy, you know, but I was like, oh, whatever. It's, it's, there's a lot of time for it. You know, I'll, I'll pick them off later like I always do. And just kept going and ended up run walking. There was aid stations with food at miles like 25, 44, 50, 73. And that was it. But I made sure every aid station that I got hot food, hot real food, a protein scoop and a banana. And then I would make sure I had a bunch of food on me basically. And I never, I, I just tried to keep it really even effort. I always felt good throughout the race relatively. I never had any like, real heavy lows or highs because I actually remembered from your podcast one of the people said to not let your highs get too high but then to not let your lows get too low so I kept that in my mind the yeah. whole time tried to stay very even keel I love I that that's the trick to to any ultra is pacing yourself I'm really good at letting the highs get too high and the lows get too low <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to melody. stay balanced. It's hard. And, and sometimes it's really tempting to let the highs get high and the lows yeah. get low. Like it, it's kind of, it's almost like a drug. Like it's fun to have those high highs. It And honestly, as crazy as it sounds, it's fun to have the low lows. It, so it takes a lot of effort to stay balanced right right in the middle there but but honestly if you can do that it saves so much energy what did you do for like so you mentioned the food that you'd have at every aid station what would you eat in between aid stations on the go so i brought a ton of food we went we went shopping for snacks at the local store and i brought like a lot of variety of what i thought might sound good because i remembered another podcast too from you guys where one guy was talking about how he brought some stuff but it wasn't you know, he didn't end up wanting any of it by the time he got out running that far. So what I ended up <laughs> sticking with was peanut butter crackers with like the peanut butter inside with the cheese on the outside. And then also mm -hmm. like a peanut butter sweet salty bar. So I take those with me, honey stinger. And then I'd also have my Ultraverse like during workout carbohydrate electrolyte type drink. And it had some calories in it too. And then I had water on my back as well. Okay. Yeah. Did you eat those the whole hundred or did you eventually get sick of them? For some reason, those just worked. So I pretty much ate those as far as the snacks on me. And then like at the aid stations, I had uh, ramen at 22. I had quesadillas at or lasagna at 44, quesadillas at 50, and then a burger at 73. So I had good hot food. And then I also okay. had my post. I had a post-workout scoop every single of those food aid stations and a banana. Okay. So you're, you do pretty good with the heavier foods with like the high fat, with the peanut butter and cheese. Yeah. I think the real so, food and specifically about, the hot food is where it's at. Definitely see that. What about your, so you said it was your ultraverse, like electrolyte drink. Is that, was that what you said you were drinking? Tell me about that because I, I've just been recently discovering 
uh, getting in liquid calories, and it's actually helped me a lot. So you said that had some calories and electrolytes in it. Yeah, that's like a calorie electrolyte mix, and it's called that one's called Proxima C. They basically have a lineup where it's like they have a, bef- a before workout, a during, and then an after workout. So their before workout's T30, their during's Proxima C, and then their after's ter- Terminus. And I took their after a lot during the race as well because it has like a full electrolyte balance and it's got like protein and carbs and some (laughs) sugars and stuff. So that was the key for me too. We'll have to look that up. I've never heard of of Ultraverse. Yeah, they're kind of up and coming, I'd say. Yeah, I'm sponsored by Ultraverse. Did you say? Okay. Okay. Well, we will definitely check that out because, yeah, I've been, for me, I have a really tedious stomach, especially when I do ultras. And so I, I, I've i just recently been discovering if I can get some carbohydrates in through my drinks, it actually helps balance my stomach out a yeah. lot more. Yeah, you don't handle um, the fats super well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learned, so. Yeah. So those kind of drinks, I'm always interested in to hear how they are. So that's good to know, one to add to the list to try. So what was it like coming across that finish line there at the Cowboy 100? It was incredible. Like one thing through the race that I liked is they had live tracking. So when I take my walk breaks, I'd I'd look at myself through the live tracking. And there were 30 of us that started the 100 miler. And I saw myself moving up through the day. I ran through the night and I kept picking people off. So I, by the time I finished, I knew I was the third place over overall male and the fourth place overall person. It was, it was like, it was incredible crossing the finish line because I'd never ran. I'd only run an hour at night before. So to run all the way through the night, it was cold for one thing. So that was different. I was all sweaty and cold and, you know, never ran that long before, but I, I, I've about, Five miles out from the finish line, I knew I knew I had it at that point, and I knew that I had the sub-24. I was feeling good. The last three miles, I ran most of at like a nine-minute-something pace. I was feeling really good at that point, and I let myself wow. kind of get emotional and feel the moment about five miles out. I was texting my wife how, how emotional I was feeling and, and just awesome because I remembered... Melody, you said you didn't kind of like, I remember when you crossed and you saw the finish line and then you're like, oh, well, now I'll let myself kind of feel it. So I had that in mind, yeah. too, to not, not feel it too early, but let myself feel it a couple miles at the end, at least. Well, another thing that Jacob and I have noticed is in 100, you cross the finish line before you actually cross the finish line. Like everybody has a moment where they just know, OK, the race is in the bag. And it sounds like, so when you're kind of feeling your feelings, it sounds like that was kind of your moment of like crossing the finish line. You knew that you did it. Yeah, it was incredible. And about three miles out, you come into the the, um, city of Valentine and you go across this big quarter mile long bridge. It's a really cool footbridge with a good view. And I was just feeling so grateful of, you know, my wife and, and Ultraverse and even excited to come on this podcast. Grateful for you too you know, grateful for my family and all the, all the people that, that work, you know, work with me to kind of get me ready training wise. I just felt so much gratitude and crossing that line. I, I gave my wife a big hug and gave Chase and Casey, the owners of Ultraverse Supplements, a big hug. And I was just feeling so good at that point, even though looking back at the picture, I looked kind of tired on my face. I actually felt really good, you know, at that moment. (laughs) Yeah. 
it, it can be a little bit of a euphoric feeling, like you're a little bit high. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, as, that's as you're one of my those emotions. That's one of my favorite things: being at the finish line of a hundred and watching everyone come through, and everyone is so like they're like drunk. Everyone's like talking weird and they're tripping over stuff. <laughs> it's so funny. Everyone's super happy. But I I love the gratitude that you felt. And I, I think that's another really common feeling when you finish 100 is just love for the people who are there to, to help you, love for the people who helped you on your journey. And Jacob and I, we experienced that on our first 100. And we agreed that we felt more like love, support, and gratitude after our first hundred than we even felt on our wedding day. And that's saying a lot because we felt so much love on our wedding day. But there's just, it's, that's why we love ultra running. It's just the community, everyone who comes together to to help each other out. And there's just so much love at a finish line of a hundred mile race. It definitely is one of a kind, I think, especially at the end of ultras or, or trail races even versus, you know, kind of the road scene. Yeah. Totally, totally. Not to like hate on the road scene or anything, but I... Oh, come trail, on, Heidi. Trail, I, know. I mean... Heidi. <laughs> I, I called Melody name. my sister. That's my sister. <laughs> I don't have a mistress, everybody. <laughs> but I was going to okay, say, but... Melody, you, you love hating on the road scene. Like... <laughs> I can tell. Come on, trail running is better. Let, I'm just not even going to pretend. <laughs> Anyways, well, JJ, looking back at this whole ultra running experience you have, have had, what have been your main takeaways or lessons learned as you've done this? I'd say my main takeaways are to do it, you know, running and racing, I think is always like I, I'm competitive. I've always wanted to win, whether it was boxing or or whatever sport I did, you know, now running. But I think at the end of the day, I know that it's going to be about the memories I make over the, the the medals I earn, you know. The memories are everything, and the life lived is everything. I think it'll be about looking back and just doing events and having fun, you know, versus doing events, because I think it'll be better for, you know, maybe getting a sponsorship in the future or whatever. I think it should be fun, fun-filled for, you know, fun chasing the fun over chasing the the specific place or medal. It's about living life, right? You it know? really is, yeah. And At the uh, end of the day, I think it will be about that more so than, than what place you get. Amen. Now, it, it's still fun, though, to improve our time and to chase a medal, you know? Like, like I'm, I'm training for a race right now that is going to require me to really speed things up. And it's been fun for me to implement more speed workouts and to get faster and see that improvement. So, but it's also great to make memories, to run with friends, to, to be with loved ones, you know, to include them in your experience. So how do you balance the, like improving your time improving your running with also making just relaxing and making those memories well i think it helps that i do so many different events to i have a lot of more chances to pr like this earlier this year i also uh, ran a 10k road pr i got second overall and ran like a 35 55 so i'm always working on different events but then sometimes I'll just do a fun event. Like I did a donut mile actually a week before the hundred mile where you had to eat a donut every quarter mile, you know? So I kind of mixed it up oh like that. And, uh, <laughs> and also when we, when we that's go on great gut, that, that is, that is great training for your gut. That's what <laughs> I said. That's no exactly what I said. Eat, 
eat this good food. <laughs> and I Maybe want the donut to while too. That in our training, Jacob. <laughs> you want it, grass? <laughs> yeah, stuff the donut down. Take off. Don't throw it up. It's great training for your guts. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, I also Anyways. try to make sure when we go on these the, these trips because I'm trying to run a race in every state that we have a a bit around more days around it to where we can just enjoy the touristy things or just kind of be out in camp or, uh, you know, we had two weeks in Kauai. It was a little shorter in Nebraska, but you know, we got to go see car hinge in Nebraska and just kind of hang out a little bit and get a feel for the area. Yeah. Oh, fun. So how many, Agreed. how many States have you ran in so far? It's kind of a newer desire. So we're at seven out of 50 so far. And we're planning two next year. It looks like Georgia and South Carolina are locked in next year. Two backyard ultras that have a speed component mixed in with them. Ooh, how fun. You'll have to keep us updated on that journey. And I'm sure you're you're posting on Instagram too. So we'll follow you there. But that's a fun goal. Well, well you got me curious now. What are, what are What's the speed component mixed into these backyard ultras? Well, one is basically just the one in Georgia is one mile at a time, and you just do one mile around a lake every 15 minutes. So that one's more of just a one-mile thing. But the other one is from another podcaster, the Ultra Running Guys. It's the final countdown. And you get a yeah, you do one point three miles every 20 minutes, but you get less time each lap. So it gets faster and faster and faster. So I think that type of ultra would really cater to me. That one's fun. That one'll totally. be fun. Totally. We've been we've we've been wanting to go out and do one of the the ultra guys, one of their races. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that final countdown race really sounds like a blast to, yeah. to just see how long you can keep going before the time finally beats you out. Also, I have to ask, you said we. So, so we know that you got married this year. Does your wife run with you or do you say we cuz I mean, it, it's a team effort whether she runs or not, right? <laughs> it's definitely a team effort. So what my wife, Nicole, she runs like here and there and she'll hike with me, but she's mainly my crew for all these races. So she was meeting me at each aid station and we'd text and I'd get certain things or get, get certain, you know, food change outs or so she meets me at all the aid stations. We got really efficient in practice for the 50 mile I won. And I think she only spent, we spent seven minutes at aid stations for almost eight hours wow. so that was we, we we had it down we knew what we'd exchange where how we'd do it so we plan a lot and she's just really helpful she used to swim competitively so she helps me i swam a lot for this to get ready for this hundred miler which was something new and she helped me with my form oh. a lot and kicked my butt there so that was kind of cool that is super what did, cool yeah i'm sorry go ahead jacob yeah what what why did you swim to get ready for the hundred what benefits came from that I wanted to get extra aerobic training, but because I didn't really increase my miles training for the 50 mile versus the 100 mile, the miles looked a little different, but I mainly just added swimming and a lot more strength training. So I also work, I'm an ambassador for Prehab San Diego, and they're a local spot that like does gait analysis and works on, on athletes' weaknesses and helps us get strong for our specific event. So I knew that lifting weights with them and doing all that work and all the swimming would make me strong for those late miles in the hundred, or at least I was hoping it, it seemed like it worked out good. Wow. I feel like we could learn a lot from you. One of the biggest things that, that you've hit on is just this variety of just doing a whole bunch of different things. I never thought about swimming to cross train for a hundred, but that makes a lot of sense actually, especially with all the pounding that you're putting on your legs to work that aerobic base while giving your body a break. 
that seems really smart. Well, JJ, a couple more questions before we let you go. You mentioned that you that you did boxing before you really started getting into ultra running. Now, boxing seems like a tough sport where you literally get beat up because, you know, ultra, ultra running will beat you up in a different way. Was there any mental aspects that from boxing that has helped you through ultra running? I think it was one of the things that helped. I think I've done just like a lot of different hard things in life, a variety of hard things in different, different settings. But the boxing was one of them. It, I, it was at the military academy, so I made it to the into the military academy. That wasn't really the route for me, so I didn't end up finishing that out. But making the boxing team there was really tough. And, and I'd say just having that mindset and that discipline, I remember being so scared to go into the boxing gym. The tryouts were 112 new guys, and they were whittling it down to 12. And each, you know, we trained, we'd, we'd try out six days a week, sometimes twice a day. I'd have Sunday off as my only day and I'd feel like I got hit by a truck. And I just remember being so scared of those guys, but <laughs> I would just make myself just show up and get in there every day, you know? And I think just, it, it kind of taught me also to just break things down like one step at a time. I don't have to do it all. I just have to just get into that gym at the time and then go from there. So it sounds like you had a lot of mental toughness training. Um, before you started running ultras. Yeah, I think a lot of mental toughness is uh, just just, uh, disguised as patience too. I think being able to stay patient and calm like goes a long way. It also, with what I do with my work, it's really dangerous. So you kind of have to always be, you know, very uh, sure in your movements and kind of just be, be mentally aware. So I think I think that kind of helped as well. That is golden. I I've never thought about mental toughness being patience, but it really is. It's just accepting the pain and reminding yourself that it's not going to last forever, even if you don't know when that pain is going to end. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it is really just telling yourself, well, it can't last forever, you know, nothing lasts forever. So you kind of got to wait it out. I think we have our t-shirt idea from JJ Melody. Mental I know, toughness. I'm like, write that down. <laughs> yeah, mental toughness is disguised as patience. I think that is that is a great quote. Like, seriously, JJ, that is a great quote. So, JJ, we got to start wrapping things up. But if you had to give one top piece of advice for people out there who are trying to run their first 100-mile race, what would you tell them? I'd say two things. One is no matter what, even if you're elite down to a beginner, I'd say to not try to think about winning or any type of placement on your first 100-mile. Like, at least for the first two thirds of the race, just think about getting that first hundred mile done and respect the distance just to get that finish. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, half the people that started the hundred mile with me didn't finish. So it's a big DNF rate there. And I'd say second, always have something to look forward to. So I'd always have something ahead of me to look forward to, whether that was an aid station and hot food or a specific water refill or I let myself in the nighttime at mile 60, I started letting myself uh, listen to podcasts on my phone. And then at mile 90 was the first time I let myself listen to music. So that was, I always had something mentally to kind of look forward to. Oh, I like that. That's really good, I think. Or maybe one thing that I thought of was maybe having, well, like friends and family at the aid station. So looking forward to seeing somebody new or running with somebody new. 
That's great. Well, JJ, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Like it's it's been awesome to hear about your story. I mean, I think it's it, you definitely have shown your metal toughness by DNFing your first ultra and then coming back and winning it the next year. I, I can't get over that, man. I, I can't get over that. I think that it's one of the coolest things ever. So what is your next? What's what's on the docket? You talked about the final countdown. Is it just those backyard ultras? Is that like your big races that you're doing next year? Those are the two main ones for the for the states, but I have a bunch of other races coming up, and hopefully a new fundraiser. I I, I also run for uh, running for rescues, a nonprofit charity. They use runners' donations and and fundraising to basically help save different animals in need across the U.S. I've been running for them for a couple years now. I think we've raised over a thousand dollars to date, but I'm gonna hopefully start up for one of my races coming up a new fundraiser for that. I'll probably start racing again around December or January and kind of let my body rest and recover, get in, get in the gym, do some kickboxing, some different stuff, you know, swimming again, some strength stuff, and just kind of like bottle the spirit to where I can't wait to run again and then get back in another training cycle. Ooh, yeah, yeah. that's another good quote. Bottle the spirit. That's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like yeah, it. I, and I think that's so smart because burnout, so I think it high. happens. In, yeah, in the I, ultra running world, it's so high. Yeah, and, and and your body, your body, and even if your mind can keep going, your body can burn out. And I think taking a couple months off here and there is is a really smart thing to do. To yeah, to and to also get your mind to where you just can't keep it in that bottle anymore. You got to get out there. You're and just the ready again. Yeah. yeah. Where can people find you, JJ, to either support you and your causes that you run for or just, just follow you and your run in every state journey? I am on Facebook, but I mainly am on Instagram. I'm I'm a running chow hound on there uh, because, uh, you know, I'll do things like the donut mile. I do all sorts of races, too. Like <laughs> I have a I have a 448 road mile that I'm looking to, to drop that time to, you Ooh. know, like a a sub 16 5k, but mainly I just want to do a lot of, you know, anything from the road mile. I've got a nude 5k planned in Texas, food challenges, any type of race, I'll do it. <laughs> so that's what I want to do by then. And I walk down <laughs> so, so you sound like a fun person to follow. Anyone who's listening, <laughs> go follow JJ. <laughs> and, and please check out Running for Rescues and Prehab San Diego and Ultraverse supplements. They help me out a ton. And also Trail to 100, I've, I've binged so many of your guys' episodes and used so many little <laughs> little tips and thoughts in that 100 mile. It, it helped my performance. I don't think I would have gotten under 24 hours without those tips and, and maybe not even finished. You know, who knows? Well, um, thanks. We appreciate that. We're glad that, that the podcast has helped. That's the goal. Yes. yes <laughs> and we'll, yes, we'll link all of that in the show notes, too. Yes, we'll include all those. Okay, JJ, it's been awesome talking to you. Thanks once again for coming on the podcast. Thank you, guys. Hey, guys, super exciting news. Pine Tree Running is now Trail to 100 coaching, and Jacob is officially a coach. That's right. So if you're ready to take the next step in your training and run that race you've always wanted to run, 
we would be honored to help guide you on your ultra running journey. At Trail to 100 Coaching, you'll receive a custom running plan with strength training options, constant communication with your coach, and you'll be connected with other runners like you who are also on their Trail to 100. If you want to learn more, check out our website, trailto100.com. Please feel free to contact us with any questions you have. If you want to run 100 miles, make, make it, it happen. happen.